Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in Reno, Vegas. Adam Candy's here. Justin Watkins coming up in just a minute. Ari is running the show back at the Finley Toyota Studios. I'm on the road in San Jose as we're getting ready for running Rebel Basketball right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Candy, is there anything to, like I know in baseball you can maybe grow the infield a little thicker, right? In basketball, I've I've heard of, well, we know this is a fact, the Celtics loved the fact that the old Boston Garden didn't have air conditioning, you know, to basically uh, crush the Lakers in certain parts of their series where it was so freaking hot and maybe the Celtics could deal with it a little more easily than L.A. The San Jose State Arena, like, I'm chubby, and I generally run hot, and I'm sweaty and clammy. It is freezing in here right now. And I never complain about things, uh, you know, being too cold. I feel like the Rebels are going to take a little while to warm up. We'll see how the beginning of the game goes. This could be a factoid that I actually mentioned as a sideline report to uh, generally get... Then mocked on by John Sandler. But remember, at 7.15 tonight, if the Rebels are down like 10 and they're not shooting well, remember what Cofield told you at 4 o'clock. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it is. Turn up the heat, please. And remember that Cofield referred to himself in the third person when he said that. That's even better. Uh, Uncle Steve. We have all the the stats on Derek Carr and not performing well in cold weather. Yes, yes. Well, we're about to find out about how Cofield performs in cold weather. This, this is going to be... Oh, I can do it. You Really? Yeah. It doesn't do sound it. like it right now. I you, actually... I'll just give you a story, a real quick story before we bring in Justin Watkins. I I have a little bit of a running, 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 runny nose. You're off to a great start. And I do remember a soccer game that I called in college where I did not have tissues, and it was out in the elements... And I had a runny nose. And you know what you do when you're doing play-by-play with a runny nose, Candy, and you don't have tissues? You I mean, just, I do. I've done it. But what do you, you do? You just swallow snot. That's what happens I, the entire game. It just leaks, in my case, out of a major schnoz, and it is just everywhere. It's yeah, gross. That's uh, that. That Sorry, went everybody on, in Reno. Welcome in. That went on the scouting report, huh? That went on, yeah. the, uh, that went on the Steve Cofield scouting yeah, report. Yeah. Put that on the old CV. Uh, I can't do anything that a man normally can do around the house, but I can tough things out. Justin Watkins is with us. Justin, how you doing, buddy? Good. I love the uh, talk of snot. Yes. Well, it happens. I mean, you know, this, this show is about being real, right? Sometimes you're going to have snot dripping in your mouth when you're doing a radio show. All right, let's get to it. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I would like to see a spirited debate. I have no idea. But, Candy, I want you to throw out there what uh, Ryan the Hockey Guy was saying about scoring and uh, really not getting much help from anyone aside from the top players right now with VGK. Well, look, I've said this repeatedly with this particular team that it is built on being able to have the top guys doing what they do at a high level. And you haven't had a number of the top guys, including Jack Eichel, for a while right now, Ryan the Hockey Guy tweeted during the loss to the Kings last night, quote, the Golden Knights could use a goal from their bottom six, literally anyone, but here's looking at you, Nick Wah. You have a target on anybody's back in particular right now? 
Justin, when it comes to getting more production out of the Golden Knights who are not named Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson? Well, actually, I mean, I feel like, man, Stone has missed. I mean, I know he scored a lot. I know he's put a lot of points on the board recently, but man, has he missed so many points just right in front of the goal. All he has to do is elevate it a couple inches. I mean, four or five of those in the last week. I mean, let's let's be fair. On the bottom six, we've gotten a ton of uh, production out of Carrier that we wouldn't normally have banked on. We probably would have expected about as much production out of Wah as we're getting out of Carrier. The reality, though, to ask this bottom six to produce is really asking, like, our bottom 12. With no Howden, no Cotter, you know, we're, we're down to the Lercision, Dorofeyev. We are on guys that are on the top six of Henderson. I think it's a <laughs> lot to ask to get them to produce to this level. And Amadio, since he's been elevated, has done great. You know, I, I think he's looked really good on the first line. So with six starters out, I think we're, we're going to have some games that are like last night that I actually thought we played on par if not a little bit better than the kings uh but but weren't able to uh put the puck in the net number three so because of the market we all pay attention to the afc west justin is kind of in limbo right now i think sort of a charger fan has sworn off the raiders i don't think that's ever going to happen so as we watch the broncos i want to ask justin this first and then candy i saw a comment yesterday from uh miles simmons one of our nfl insiders and he said the Broncos' job is not an attractive job. Like, how down are we right now? Because I'm not. On Russell Wilson and the Denver situation, I think there's tons of positives, especially with the defense and a billionaire owner. This is a bad job now? I agree with you. I think it's a good job, actually. Um, you know, especially because there is no dominant – I hope the Chargers take that spot, but they're – there is no dominant second playoff team from the AFC West that's there every year. So what I mean to say by that is any team that's not the Kansas City Chiefs has a chance to make the playoffs in the AFC West and, and elevate up, especially with who knows what happens with the Raiders. Um, but I, I actually think if you believe that Russell Wilson can return to some form of his prior self, then it's a really good job. Uh, I think you got an owner who's going to spend. I think they got a town that cares. I think you got people that'll show up, um, and you're going to have some decent draft picks. Candy. Well, right now, it's the least attractive of the jobs that are going to be open. For this reason, you don't get to pick your own quarterback. You are tied to the guy who is there in the first place, and you're not tied to him for a little while. You're tied to him for a few years, and if that guy in Russell Wilson doesn't return to something that looks like what we've seen out of Russell Wilson in the past, there's no way to solve it. Uh, we see the Raiders choosing right or wrong, and I think in a lot of ways wrong, the way to solve their situation right now by getting rid of Derek Carr after one year with a new administration. Well, you don't get that choice in Denver. You're going to have it in Indianapolis. You're going to have it in Carolina. You don't have it here. So, I, I mean, I agree with Justin. If Russell Wilson returns to form, sure, you're in great shape. But if he doesn't, oof. Number two. So if you're just tuning in, Derek Carr has been benched. He will not play in the last two games with the Raiders. And now he's left the team. Uh, Sources telling one of the dudes at The Athletic that this is with the Raiders' permission. Really weird stuff. And now we're going to debate, and I, 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 this is going to happen nationally. I think this will actually be a ding against Derek Carr. But what is Derek Carr's future 
You know, I was looking at some numbers that were uh, put out the other day about just record of quarterbacks, and it doesn't all come down to the quarterback, but most starts by a quarterback without ever having a winning career record. Vinny Testaverde leads with 214. Derek Carr is sixth. Now, of course, Carr got hurt the uh, the big year for the Raiders a few years back and didn't get to finish out the season, but it's 142. I'm not saying he's a loser, but if you're talking about quarterbacks who just don't win, is it fair to saddle Carr with that record and say, hey, the guy's just not a winning quarterback, Justin? I think it's fair. I mean, I, I understand that there's a lot of people here who think that Derek Carr is a top 12 quarterback. I mean, the argument used to be he was top 10, and then it became like top 12, and then it's, well, he's a top half quarterback. Uh, and I think this year, I don't think he's the top half of the league. Uh, I think by any metric, any analytics that you're going to look at, and just the eye test, he's cost him a couple games. Uh, I don't think he is producing. He's got weapons around him. They don't score like they should. And frankly, he doesn't have the tools to overcome um, you know, an offensive line that's not elite. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that are out there right now that can overcome that. And so I think... I, I think they do have to go a different direction, especially considering the amount of money that they have to commit if they, do, if they don't make this decision by February. Candy, too much? Hey. You know I don't believe in quarterback wins as a stat. I don't think that stat accurately measures what goes on on the remainder of a roster, but I also know that in the end, yeah, a lot of people can very rightfully say – can your quarterback elevate you over the other things that are going on on your team? And there are a handful of those guys in the league, but I don't think there are as many as people think there are. And the idea that you have a roster that is in your eyes built to win right now. And when you add Devontae Adams at the cost of that contract and at the cost of the draft picks that were involved in getting Devontae Adams, you're telling everyone we can win right now. If you go in that hard and say that this is a win now team, then I don't know who you find to come in and be better than Derek Carr has been with the assets that you have available to you next year. Number one. I don't think Derek Carr's out, you know, especially with him leaving the team. Let's play that game that he is out, and a lot of people right now are getting after Derek Carr. Candy, I know you wanted to point out, boy, how quickly things have changed in a year when folks were bending the knee to Derek Carr for holding things together last year when all the off the field stuff was turning into a freaking tragic disaster. It's the one thing that fires me up beyond anything else with a decision about a man that I don't know well, who is not family or friend to me. It is about someone who handled a very difficult situation in about the best way possible and deserving more respect from the organization that he shielded than he's getting right now because Derek Carr dealt with the John Gruden situation, dealt with the Henry Rugg situation, and he and Rich Passaccia, by all accounts that we've heard, held that organization together at a time when Mark Davis certainly was not the one stepping forward to take the bullets for everybody else. They stepped forward, and they were the ones who said, we're going to do something, and they did. They got the team to the playoffs. Was it a great team? No. It wasn't a great team, but they got the team to the playoffs, and Derek Carr, over those last three seasons, 
to use the numbers that Justin is putting out there, was a top 12 by Pro Football Focus quarterback over those past three seasons. Whether you think that's enough, that's a discussion for another time. But when it comes to evaluating this organization and the way that they treated Derek Carr coming off that season and the way he's going to be made to be the problem for a team that has flaws all over the roster, for a guy who was going to be your... I'm not going to say your savior moving forward, but you certainly were giving him the opportunity to be the guy. And now he's clearly not the guy after 15 games? I don't know, man. I get it. that In the end, it's a results-based league, but there are much bigger problems than Derek Carr with this roster. Yeah, I just don't think that they're making him necessarily the fall guy. I mean, from an organizational standpoint, I think we need to... You know, the Raiders need to try to get the best draft pick they can get. They shouldn't be playing for the playoffs, whatever remote chance. And they should be playing for a higher draft pick. And benching Derek Carr makes that more possible. Yeah, I'm a little more cynical on this one, Candy. I think what Derek Carr did last year is what you do when you're the quarterback and the CEO of the franchise. And I fully recognize that, you know, Mark Davis could have been out front. But I also recognize that Mark Davis ain't great at being out front. So... Derek Carr did what he was supposed to do last year, and while it was really difficult, I, I don't know that I'm going to give him extra credit for it. And to Justin's point, we all saw this coming. So today shouldn't be shocking. What is shocking is him relinquishing his final moments of being a leader by just walking from the team. Big 4-4 brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. It's Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400. <laughs> It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on, Justin Watkins is here. Adam Candy, Cofield. You know, I mention all the time that we have Justin in to be the voice of reason, the picture of civility. And then we see what happened with Southwest Airlines. We're going to get to that. People are going crazy, and for good reason. Misbehaving is not a good thing, but they're they're definitely being uh, poked and prodded around the country. Candy, did you have a customer service issue, maybe not with you, but one that you witnessed today? It certainly was not with me. I am a picture of civility and level-headedness at all times. Um but I, I just I went in for coffee and a donut in, uh, in the old Duncan. And the gentleman in front of me, uh, you could just see, could see the seething building up in him because his iced coffee was not ready at the, at the allotted time. And now he's kind of leaning on the counter and he's leaning in, trying to stick his head farther in to see if anyone's paying attention. And he's like, well, I'm waiting for a nice coffee. And, and, and eventually... He just bailed, yelling as he walked out of the store. I don't even know what he was saying. I don't even know if he knew what he was saying. Y'all, it's a coffee. Yeah. Calm down, buddy. It was like 9.30 in the morning. Trust me, if you're at the coffee shop at 9.30 in the morning, nothing that comes after that in your day is so vital that that coffee was going to make or break you. Did, did you see what time he came in or when you came in, was he already there? Uh, he was right. I, th- I want to say he was right behind me because I already had my stuff, so I had a chance to just watch the whole thing happen. But, you know, 
<laughs> it certainly did not appear before he got to the point of being upset, like, oh, no, this man has places to go. And I'm not going to judge him by his cover. <laughs> he wasn't exactly dressed for court, Justin. Like, he wasn't <laughs> ready to go and be in a big meeting. Nice. So you're saying if, if he coming around at 6.30 and he was a little irate about by 6.34, you get it because he's probably got somewhere to go or more likely. Is that what I'm you're saying? I'm just saying it would have been more understandable, no less acceptable, but certainly more understandable of like this, in, this is a person who has places to be and things to do, not a guy who has a date with Netflix and chill with a latte. You, you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm just going to say that the major coffee places, the Dunkins, the Starbucks, all – it's all garbage coffee, whoa, whoa, by the whoa, way. Whoa, whoa. I don't like any of it. Today's but show thing, not brought to you by those sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that they provide, the service they provide yep. is efficiency. And yep. you can expect that you're going if you play into their system, you're going to get what they say that they're going to deliver quickly. And so I, if I'm going to play the devil's advocate and say if you were just – lackadaisical about your coffee and you're willing to get it whenever you got it, then you wouldn't be going to Dunkin' and you wouldn't be going to Starbucks. But, uh, you know, you go there because you expect it quickly and timely and in through their system, you know, their little designated system. Can I, I just need to dig for a second on something yeah. I just heard. Is it, I've not heard Starbucks shortened to Starbucks. Starbucks sounds like the version of Arby's that only Steve Cofield goes to. Like, oh, oh, us bougies... Us bougies go to Starbies while you normies go to Arby's. Is that right, Cofield? Uh, we've used Starbies before, but it was from former young lady. Uh, not saying she's old, but one of our buddies, Brittany. Remember Brittany, Justin? Of yeah. course. Well, I'm sure that's yeah, where would, I got it from. She would go sure with I didn't come up with Starbies. <laughs> she would go with the Starbies. So yeah. uh, we just talked about businesses, businesses known for uh, efficiency and quickness and maybe not quality. So we bring up Southwest Airlines. I like Southwest, but, boy, the last couple of days have just stunk. There's a lot of things to break down here from a legal standpoint. First of all, what do you what do you think of just the, the failings of their whole system here the last three, four days? Ah, it's super unfortunate as a, as a personal traveler. I, you know, I have the Southwest card. I have the points. It's, it's the airline I fly by far more than any other airlines totally combined. I fly Southwest probably 75% of the time. And the magnitude of, of this uh, snafu, I'll call it, I guess, or series of snafus, uh, really has a chance to, I think, impact this company's viability long term. I think there's going to be enough people who are like never Southwest again um, because of, of how this has happened. And because as these reports come out, it was more and more predictable as time went on that one series of cancellations due to weather or you know some other act of god something outside of their control could snowball within their software their antiquated software system into a total and utter shutdown and and that's where we're at um and you know so i get asked all the time well you know what does southwest have to do and the answer is not as easy as you think. The, the number one thing they have to do is abide by their terms and conditions and their policies. So if their policy says, if we cancel a flight because we cancel it, we have to pay all the reasonable accommodations and to rebook you. But 
if their policy is if it's a weather related cancellation not due to our fault then we don't have an obligation to put you in a hotel etc cetera, etc cetera. we just have to book you on the next available flight um or or try to and so here i think we actually have an argument that there's a combination of the two uh-huh. although i would say it's like 90 percent their fault and about 10 percent weather related really I, yeah i mean this is an antiquated software system that's literally like lost yep where all of their staff are where their pilots are where their planes are i mean it's not that their planes and their pilots and their staff aren't willing and able to make these flights it's that their computer software is unable to match that all up and figure it out the story that i relayed yesterday of a friend of mine who was at the airport in the middle of all this madness the day after christmas who watched after five hours of waiting for a flight watch two pilots walk up to the gate and at the gate one of the pilots grabbed the intercom and said okay we're here got the plane we just need to find you some flight attendants and we're going to try to get you out of here as soon as possible and a half hour later that same pilot came back over the intercom and said well this is your almost captain um the information i had at the time was right but dispatchers told us the flight isn't going to go there were two pilots Ooh. standing there ready to guide that plane wherever it needed to go and there were apparently no flight attendants by the system as justin is saying right. were there flight attendants somewhere in mccarran airport who could have staffed that flight i'm going to venture the answer is yes but the system had no idea where they were by the way if you well, worked in, if you worked at southwest legal justin are you like don't say that don't get on microphone and say any of that Oh, it's way past that. Yeah. It's so far past that 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 one little comment is not going to make this situation any worse or better. I mean, because here's the reality is some of these pilots and, and stewardess and um, ground workers are taken to Twitter and they're relaying their stories. And one of them I just read before I came on was a, a Southwest pilot who had he he gathered the whole crew. He found everybody and he's like, on Christmas Day, we got to get this flight to go from here to here. We're all done the necessary rest. We're all ready to go. And so we just call up and we tell them we're ready and we're going to enter it into the system. The system's like, no, rejection. We're not going to do it. And she, and this pilot was, you know, applauding dispatch because the dispatch uh, and, and the crew, you know, back in, I'm assuming it's Dallas is their headquarters or somewhere around there, manually entered every single person to make this work to override the software system so that this flight on christmas could happen and it did happen but like the practicality of that happening for three thousand flights canceled is obviously not likely at all um but yeah that if i'm southwest legal i think i'm i'm probably resigning right now (laughs) i don't want any part of any of this well from a legal recourse standpoint down the road uh, those of us who did get jobs, and I got – it was minor, minor inconvenience. I had to drive back from Southern California, but I did have to pay for a rental car. There are people who are paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to get back home. What's going to happen in the long run? You just said you believe it's 90% on Southwest and not all that weather-related. So do we get anything? Oh, I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, I think you should – I mean, if you rented that vehicle, number one, you should have a Southwest credit for the cost of the flight return flight that was canceled at the very least and two you should be reimbursed for your rental car to get from one place to the other 
unless they can specifically point that your flight was canceled because of weather. And I, I think it's <laughs> unlikely that yeah. they're going to be able to point that out. I mean, this should, this should all be turned around in what, about a week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No I'll, problem. I'll, I'm sure the check's in the mail. I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting on that one for a uh, a long, long time. Um, yeah, you, you can think of it as a Christmas present for 2023. Maybe by December 2023, you'll have your your rental car charges back. I wanted to play a piece of audio, but I don't think we have time here. I just want to explain something real quickly. In Nashville, there was a video of a situation where a flight got canceled. Apparently, some Southwest folks complained that there were too many people loitering around the uh, ticket counter, and they wanted them removed from the secure area to the non-secure area. And the police officer came up and said, your ticket has been canceled. You need to move or you're risking arrest. I showed you that video or I sent you that video. What do you think? We, have, uh, we only have like 40 seconds here. We can carry it over, but start on this. Yeah, I would say that if the – this was not a part of a connecting flight, but people went to this airport in Nashville. That was their originating airport, and their ticket got canceled. I agree with the police officer. You've been asked to leave. If you're not leaving, you don't have a, a right to be there. It's trespass. Now, the more interesting question is, is if Nashville was your connection and you got dumped there by Southwest and now Southwest is trying to trespass you, I do not think that that's right. You did not even willingly go there. You were stuck there. Um, and so I don't think it's right to be trespassed. It's Nevada Sports uh, Sports Talk Show, Nevada Sports Talk Show, Cofield and Company, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. The number to call is 766-1400. I don't know if you saw the viral video. Pats fan Jerry Edmond was yes. in Las Vegas last week and got berated by a Raiders fan. A lot of people saw it. The Kraft family saw it. They invited him to the game as their guest today. He's a Connecticut resident. It was his first NFL game last week, so now he's been to two NFL games. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yep, Justin is in for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. He's at the uh, beautiful Battleborn Broadcast Center in Vegas. Adam Candy. In Vegas as well, Cofield on the road, San Jose, San Jose State hosting your running Rebels. Let's pick up where we kind of left off last week with the crazy Raiders lady fan. And, Justin, you said that guy had a right to defend himself. Uh, She got way too close and actually bumped him at one point. To my knowledge, Candy, we haven't seen a name for this woman, right? I haven't seen anything, no. You worked in newspapers for a long time. If you were on the assignment desk at the Sun or the RJ, would you tell someone, hey, your assignment this week is to go in the upper deck? Let's sniff out where these people were uh, seated a couple games back. Let's find this woman. I think that that might be a solid way to get some credentials revoked uh, <laughs> if you decided to send a credentialed media member harassing paying fans. Well, but, not not yeah. harassing. Not harassing. Mm. Hey, I simply want to go get an interview from this very passionate fan who, by the way, she might melt down again with what the Raiders are doing with Derek Carr. It's the story. Oh, and by the way, hey, lady. Why were you harassing that gentleman? Would you like to speak about that? Mm. Come on. You've thought this through. I appreciate that uh, about you, I, Cofield. I actually, you're, you're I, actually, I actually hadn't thought that second part through. I thought about asking the question, and then all the car stuff came down since. Um, 
Justin, what do you think about trying to follow up and find this woman? Let's get some more public shaming. She barely got any. How do you know? You, <laughs> she, well, I'm sure everybody who knows her in her life has become aware of it. Is she still employed? I don't know. Is she still... I- is she still you know carrying what? all over Las Vegas or somewhere in California? You're going to get me in trouble if you start leading me down this road. I was just going to say, I don't know if she's part. employed. Don't don't know if she's employable. Um, and don't know if she lost her job. If she was employable as a result of that interaction. Nor do I think like, do I think we need to take it to that level either. You know, I, I just, she, I don't know. She, she was out of line. And, and of like line. I said, I think that that man had a, a right to defend himself, but I also don't think, I think she's in the position where she should not be allowed back into that stadium uh, any, any longer. I, I think that that would be a prudent move, but to like lose her livelihood, to lose everything in her life because she was, you know, out of line at a football game. I just don't think is, is right. where we should really be focusing our efforts. So you're saying maybe let the Raiders take care of it. Okay. I get it. I get it. That's why you're here. You're the voice of reason. Uh, real quick, Ari, can you play this uh, Steve Cofield TikTok lawyer is back? I see stuff on TikTok, and I'm like, I need an attorney for this. This one seems pretty simple to me, but play this audio. Finally catching my landlord trying to enter my apartment at 10 p.m. I've told him several times to give me a 24-hour notice, but he said it's his property and that he can do whatever he wants. This portable door lock seems to have stopped this sleaze ball. Okay, so the sleaze ball stopped. If that really happened, you see someone, you know, jerking with the door. She's got a second door lock there. Uh, if that, if the landlord actually said, "I could come in anytime I want," that is not legal, correct? Well, first off, you are aware that that was an advertisement on TikTok, of right? You are of aware that fine. you got cooked. That's fine. Huh? That's fine. I can deal with it. Okay. All right. If that situation okay. was actually happening and the landlord is just like, I'm going to come in whenever I want. Come on. The landlord in the state of Nevada is able to enter into the premises without your consent what? on an emergency basis okay. only. Okay. Right. And so what does that mean? Like the ceiling is flooded, right? Like there is about to be irreparable damage to the home as a result of some condition that's going on in there. There could be somebody who needs emergency medical help in there. Uh, there, there could be a couple of different reasons why an emergency basis would be necessary. Otherwise, 24 hours notice or consent. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on here on a Wednesday. We'll get into the Mountain West Conference slate. First big night of uh, conference play as there's uh, games all over the Mountain West footprint. Candy, I haven't seen any reports of players not being able to make it or teams not being able to make it to their uh, their road spots. I had reached out to uh, some reporters from, let's see, the Colorado State beat and found out that CSU now charters everywhere. So Colorado State should be good today. Boise, I was told, had their flight canceled because they do not charter. And then they picked up a charter to get to their spot, which is interesting that Boise is still not consistently chartering. And Leon Rice continues to, I think, fend off other offers to go elsewhere and is still at Boise State. I have been 
on some of those flights with the Boise State team before. I have uh, experienced that. I've uh, been on flights with New Mexico, even during the Alford days. Uh, I heard, actually, anecdotally from some friends up in Reno that the women's team, they were having trouble just getting everybody back to Reno in the first place. That was totally, the hardest part. Totally believable, right? I mean, I think that's probably happening all over the place. I saw, I think it was like the Georgia Tech women's uh, director of basketball operations. She took a, you know, a photo of her on a phone, or actually looking at a phone like, oh my God, how do I get everybody back here? I think that's probably happening in lots of places. There's no doubt. Oh, the, in if you've ever heard us refer anecdotally to a Dobo, Director of Basketball Operations, Dobo is one of the most thankless jobs in all of college athletics. I feel for every Dobo out there right now as I to try to manage this thing this week. Yeah, CSU is at uh, New Mexico in Albuquerque. Boise is at Reno tonight as uh, Nevada is a minus two favorite in that one. Air Force is in San Diego to take on San Diego State. Uh, I'm in San Jose as uh, UNLV will be taking on San Jose State. And Wyoming is at Fresno. That's the one I wanted to check into to see if uh, Y.O. had any trouble getting to Fresno. Uh, Wyoming and Laramie can be a godforsaken place. And I'm going to say whether weather gets really bad. It actually did get really bad there. It got – wait a minute. Yeah. What qualifies as really bad? Because you and I have both been through <laughs> some – some cold that is uh-huh. near unfathomable in Laramie. Yeah, I one of the road trips I went on, it was seven. It was a basketball road trip. It was seven. And as I walked, I think it was a Monday, too. So a lot of stuff was closed of the, like, 11 businesses that they actually have, you know, bars and restaurants downtown. Probably half of them were closed. I got done around, say, 930 with dinner and a couple of drinks, and I could not get a ride share in that town for like 45 minutes. So I just got annihilated at the next bar. I think I had like five more beers, but no bad weather is when you see videos from a couple of days ago and there's a tractor trailer parked on the side of the road and the wind is blowing so hard that the tractor trailer is lifting up on one side with the wheels off the ground. That's bad weather. Now question for you, how does that compare to the weather headaches that you're dealing with right now in San Jose because you have been complaining throughout this show. Not only were you complaining about the temperature, but now you said there's, quote, a 10-mile-an-hour breeze coming through the basketball Um, arena in San Jose. Give us an update, Jim Cantori. How are you holding up? I would say 10 miles an hour is is a little overdoing it. I'll say four or five miles an hour. I have seen most people here wearing jackets and hoodies. There's a gentleman to the right who's got a wool cap on. And then I saw some guy walking through with a T-shirt, so I don't know. A man. Go figure. Yes, a man. man. You saw a man. Yes, yes. I'm not saying I'm shivering, but I could be. Well, without without your sport coat on, you would be... You wouldn't be struggling right now. You would yeah. be like a, a truck on the side of the road in Laramie. I have buddies, by the way, who were on a football trip up in Laramie, had the exact same thing happen. They were out at the bar... Uh, I think there's like one dude who drives rideshare anywhere in Laramie. If he doesn't happen to be working that night, you're screwed. But some of the guys they were drinking with at the bar, I don't know why they were at the bar driving a U-Haul truck, (laughs) but they were driving a U-Haul truck. And I still have the video of my buddies getting a ride home in the back of a U-Haul truck, standing in the cargo compartment of a U-Haul truck. And in Laramie, I think that might qualify as luxury transportation. Wow, just 
Endless shots at Laramie. There's really – there's no need for it. There's no need for it. Vicious. Vicious. Not speaking, the worst Mountain West city. Speaking of vicious, and we can build on that next hour. Not the not the worst. Okay. Um, boy, the treatment of Russell Wilson, especially by former players, either they know something or they're willing to act a fool just to play the bit. But I was really surprised by some of the reaction the last couple of days. Give me a little Emmanuel Acho who wanted to step up and defend Nathaniel Hackett, which I don't understand everyone rushing to defend this guy while just blasting Russell Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett, he's the ultimate scapegoat for this. Nathaniel Hackett got fired because he had to be fired. Russell Wilson is tethered to this team for another three years based upon his guaranteed money. But Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the worst of problems. Russell Wilson was the worst of problems. Nathaniel Hackett is an offensive mind. He was with Aaron Rodgers the last two years when Aaron Rodgers won MVP and MVP. There is no plausible nor probable way that Nathaniel Hackett got this bad this quick. No, just doesn't happen. He may be a bad head coach, but this was a bad offensive football team. And Nathaniel Hackett is an offensive mind. This has much more to do with Russell Wilson than it does Nathaniel Hackett. He fell on the sword. Boy, oh boy. You're going to hear that theme a couple of times, Candy. And I see your face. Wait a second. So the offense was terrible. Russell Wilson has been at the helm of many top half of the league offenses. But Nathaniel Hackett is still an offensive mind? What? I'm sorry. And Nathaniel Hackett, offensive mind from Green Bay, is the guy who gets the credit for what happened in Green Bay. Not Matt LaFleur, the guy who's calling the plays (laughs) and is still there in Green Bay. Is that the way we're going with this? Got it. This got so stupid, and I really, I listen. I I love these guys. They've got a bit. You got to do it. You got to play it out. You know, it was Acho's whole thing with Justin Herbert for the first half of the season. You know, social media quarterback, and then he backed off um, when it really got hot and heavy that week. As Herbert happened to play well, which he should he should have stuck with the bit. Learn from Skip. You just 15, 18 years, LeBron. You keep going with the bit. You don't back off. You just move the goalpost. Um, listen to Acho here as. He talks about an early season decision as actually being now the right decision by Hackett. Come on. The worst decision Nathaniel Hackett made all season was the best decision he made all season. Go back to week one, Seattle Seahawks, fourth and five, game on the line. He decides to kick a field goal instead of leaving it in Russell Wilson's hands. Well, now retroactively, you all realize had Russell Wilson attempted that fourth and five pass, it would have been drastically worse more than likely than that field goal attempt. His worst decision, his most criticized decision was likely his best decision. And that summarizes the tenure for Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Woo! All right, now we're just getting stupid. (laughs) I'm going back into the drive chart for this game. (laughs) Yep. Right now, Steve, uh, that drive began at the Denver 22-yard line. I believe Russell Wilson was the quarterback that got Denver 40 yards prior to Nathaniel Hackett deciding he was going to sit on the football and try for an insanely long field goal instead of continuing the drive with a quarterback who'd taken you 40 yards already. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. No, that was the right decision. Going for a 62-yarder, as it, as it turned out to be. That was the right decision. Well, retroactively. It, because it plays to a narrative of Russell Wilson just getting annihilated. But there, there are a lot of people out there who want to step up and defend Nathaniel Hackett, 
And um, you know, amongst them are going to be a lot of owners. I can't wait to see how this one plays out three years from now when uh, certain people never get a second chance, but it'll be uh, Hackett getting a second chance. And Hackett better pray that Russell Wilson is terrible next year as well. Here's Greg Jennings on uh, on one of the Fox shows. What is it? Uh, speak for yourself. Speak t- whatever it is. Russell Wilson needs to get up to a podium and apologize to Nathaniel Hackett. Ooh. Because although Nathaniel Hackett brought a lot of this on himself, Russell Wilson, there's no way I can say this is a Hall of Fame player. To, to play like this, like you talk about retra- retracting from your legacy, um, pulling blocks from underneath. He, Russell Wilson is doing that this entire season. It has been teammates yelling at, disrespecting you, and you're supposed to be the leader of this team. These are former NFL players doing this. Retracting from your legacy. Yeah, no, wrong word. Okay, no, no. no, I'm not getting into the semantics of it. I'm talking about the idea that a poor season takes away from a good season. It, it, have we ever yeah. applied that to an athlete before? Brett, Did we Brett, look at Brett, Jordan? Brett, Favre, Brett, Brett Favre out. Go ahead and make him yeah, right. point. Brett, yeah. Yeah, Brett, yeah, Brett Favre with the Jets yep. means that Brett Favre with the Packers yep. never happened. Yep. That's insanity. That is insanity. Yep. But I'm going to back up Greg Jennings on one thing. A, we talked a lot about quarterback leadership today and owning the locker room and trying to be the best leader you can be in the moment for the team the way Derek Carr was last year for the Raiders. If Russell Wilson really wanted to get the parts of the locker room he doesn't have back, he would stand up there and say, we all failed Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm the quarterback of this team, and that means it stops with me. That's kind of different than what Jennings said. Jennings was suggesting, you know, you go out and, you know, kind of in a dog and pony show and apologize and fall on the sword. He doesn't have to do that. Nobody has to do that. Nathaniel Hackett was paid handsomely for the time he was in Denver to be the leader of the organization. And stop with the whole thing about Russell Wilson versus Nathaniel Hackett. It isn't versus. They're both the problem. They're both responsible for this. Russell Wilson was not the one who didn't know how to use timeouts, who didn't know when to kick a field goal and when not to. Russell Wilson did not go out there and hire a retired coach after two weeks to be the one to explain how to manage a game. And by the way, the guy they brought in to be the consultant on these things is now the interim head coach for the last couple of weeks. You know why? Because other coaches on the staff turned the job down. That's how little some people want to be affiliated with the way this organization is right now. Here's Jake Glazer talking about Nathaniel Hackett. Normally, I don't like firings during the season. I think this case was different. Obviously, the team has been infighting for a couple weeks now. There's really not stability that you can hang your hat on, and there wasn't any signs that they were going to build anything there. And listen, Nathaniel Hackett, he's actually a really good offensive coach, but a lot of times, because somebody's a great offensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, doesn't mean they're going to pan out the next level. He's in a different situation with Russell Wilson as quarterback there because Russell isn't a normal quarterback. He wants to have a lot more say than most quarterbacks out there. But Nathaniel Hackett out as head coach of the Denver Broncos. So Glazer steps up for Hackett and once again says, good offensive coach. Why do I feel like this guy, maybe not personality-wise, because no one is the social misfit of the dude I'm going to mention, why do I feel like Hackett is a lot closer to an Adam Gase than some guy who got screwed over by a veteran quarterback who's going to bounce back as a head coach down the road? 
accurate information. Oh, by the way, uh, I thought you were going to put it on Glazer because you said he's stepping up for Nathaniel Hackett. No. Think about this. Whenever you hear from Adam Schefter, whenever you hear from Ian Rappaport or any of these other guys, and Jay Glazer's included in it, they're stepping up for that guy's agent because that guy's agent is the reason that guys like Glazer and Schefter have any information about anything that goes on. That is just ass-kissing to the agent from Jay Glazer. Man, I thought we were here to get after Nathaniel Hackett, not my good pal Jay Glazer. This is unbelievable.